This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Reporting from the maker at Omaha, it's time for the Weekly Nerd News Recap with your two-headed reporter, Joel Dad. Welcome to your THN Nerd News Recap for the week of May 15th to May 21st. I'm your head number one. They call me the Internet's Joe Patrick. And I am your head number two. My name is Matt Baum. Hope your mama had a happy Mama's Day last week. We didn't have a show, so this is us sending out to all the mothers. But we begin with sad news for the Peck community. Excuse me, sir. Out of the way, Peck. Willow is getting dumped by Disney. The show will be removed from the streaming service on May 26th, along with over 50 other series and specials that are being removed from Disney Plus and Hulu in an effort to, quote, align with the strategic changes in Disney's approach to content curation. That is some synergizing there, huh? (laughs) They are synergizing their paradigms. There's no news yet whether any of the streaming titles being removed will be made available to purchase, rent, or stream on any other services. And it looks like the creators of the shows have no idea what's going on either. In response to the announcement, why the last man showrunner Eliza Clark tweeted, quote, You work on something for years, pour your heart and soul into it, as do hundreds of other artists. You make it during a global pandemic, far from home. Then it's canceled before it even has a chance to finish airing, and then it is disappeared. Those are all excellent points. Yeah. No, I mean, this is exactly what happened over at Warner Brothers that we were screaming about with HBO Max and everything, with, like, people watching shows that are literally, like, removed in the middle of the episode and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) In addition to announcing the content removal, Disney CEO Bob Iger told investors that the company plans to make Hulu content available on Disney Plus by the end of the year, adopting a one-app approach, in air quotes, similar to Warner Brothers Discovery's decision to fold the Discovery Plus streaming library into HBO Max, or as we're now supposed to call it with a straight face, Max. They should have just gone with Max a million, right? Maximilian, Maximilian yeah, yeah. Let's keep it classy. I call my streaming app Maximilian. There you go. D Plus also announced this week that they'll be dropping all of the episodes of Echo at once for fans to binge on November 29th, which hits just a couple of weeks after the end of Loki season two. Those six episode seasons are killing me, man. Right. I, more. I mean, I get it. You get you get in, you hit it and quit it. I but I it. also think they're gonna be like, yeah, Loki was great. Let's not talk about the guy that beat up his girlfriend. Echo's on. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's you know that's a that's a fair Seems point. Seems to me like it might be trying to wash that taste out of our mouth real fast. Uh, well, a way to wash that uh, taste out of our mouths is to announce that they have kicked him to the curb yep. and they haven't yet. We shall see. Anyway, that's a different discussion. Yep, Matt, are these big shakeups at the House of Mouse really a strategic choice to get their content ducks in a row? Or are the or are they rebudgeting for the ongoing war with Ron DeSantis? Tell you what, the stormtroopers don't do no church work, Joe. You got to pay the Empire if you want them to fight. So look, I don't know, man. I think they're all conscripted. I don't think you have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> so the main question here that we've seen kicked around is how does removing content save money? Like how does that make sense? And what uh, and it I, is basically, they are removing this content to sell it to other people. Because nobody's watching it on their streaming service. 
so they can make more money by selling this to a Tubi or a Freebie, you know, these new like free streamings. I'm sorry. You mean to tell me that nobody was watching Willow? That show just ended. No one was watching it. That's why they said we're not making any more and they're dumping it, Joe. They're not dumping it because it's a success. <laughs> it's Nobody watched it. Uh, I, I, Joe I, Patrick didn't even finish it. I heard that's why they canceled it. I don't think it's as simple as they're just trying to, like, if they don't, if they've canceled it, if they had no faith in it, if they don't have it, want to keep it on their own service, why would anybody else want it? Like, because these things I, these this things is, I, this is why I don't content is King Joe. And right now Tubi, freebie. If you go and look at these free streaming sites that are supported by ads, all of their shows are canceled shows from other USA, from TNT, from NBC. They scoop this stuff up. There's money to be made there. Disney yes. obviously thinks there's more money to be made doing that than making more of this show. So there you go. No. What I have heard, it might be that. Again, we don't know that. But w- what I have heard is that they also rece- are able to receive some sort of tax write-off. Uh, no, it's true. <laughs> I, they I don't disagree, it. but do you think Disney is concerned with tax write-offs? They're going to make a lot more money licensing this to someone. I mean, yeah, if it's a big enough tax write-off. No, uh, no. <laughs> so this would be a tax write-down, not a write-off which means they are making less money, so they pay less money in taxes. It's not like they get a billion-dollar tax write-off. But who cares? Let's talk about adult content on D+. Is that wild? So you're going to move uh, see, Hulu... See, no, I don't know what they mean by... To Disney? Like, One do app? they literally mean all of the Hulu content? Because that can't be true. Well, they're not ditching it. The only thing... They just announced a few shows that aren't going to be on Hulu you know, anymore. Are we going to have rated R in adult content? Like the Prey movie, the the latest Predator that is on Hulu, is that going to be on Disney Plus? You know, that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. I feel like they announced that they were going to slowly introduce more um, mature content over time years ago. Deadpool is up on Disney Plus, and that's straight up rated R. Right, and like, you know, there's things like the Hamilton movie, which is, you know, has an F bomb in it. Like it's not that they're afraid it, but I think they've been maybe searching for the right way to do it because they can't just dump it onto regular old Disney plus. No, they're going to have to put it. It's going to have to be segmented. Definitely. Or, or, you know, they're going to introduce, they're going to introduce if they haven't already some sort of like content restriction where parents will have to, Go into their settings and say it's okay for Disney Plus to this play. Is, this TVMA, is little Timmy's you know? sign in. This is my adult sign in or something along right. those lines. And, right. And uh, but like in other countries, they already have the equivalent of Disney Plus with adult content or Hulu's content. Yeah. It's called Star. Yeah. Um, and it's because like I believe for the longest time you couldn't get Disney Plus in Canada, uh, or it wasn't available everywhere. I think um, it's Asia mainly is what would. But with, like, yeah, market, but I, I, so, but, but like. America seems to be the only place where you can't just turn on Disney Plus and see, you know, something from one of Disney's non-children's right. divisions. Miramax stuff, for example. You know? Right. I mean, like, uh, Disney owns a lot, lot more than, like, Disney Channel stuff, Star Wars, and Marvel. Right. And Okay, so, and so dig this. Yeah. Last quarter, Disney lost 4 million subscribers. And a lot of people said, oh, it's superhero fatigue or whatever. And that may or may not no. be true. I kind of doubt it, but it's not true. The overwhelming it has nothing to do with superhero fatigue. The overwhelming feeling, according to stockholders, is Disney Plus is for kids, and they want it to grow up a little bit. 
They want it to be more mature. They want it to be for yeah. everyone. Because, like, look at HBO Max. They have kids programming, and they have rated R programming. Why can't Disney Plus have both? I right. think that's and I think what that, this is I, about. And I think it makes more sense. Like, this, this kind of move makes more sense for Disney to just kind of let let their streaming service grow up a little. Right. Then it then it made for HBO to de, uh, for Warner Brothers to decide that the problem with their app was the name HBO. Right. A name synonymous with prestige content. Yeah. Now with And uh, yeah. Yeah. Now with everything that Iger announced all these shakeups, Kevin Feige is also saying he wants to space out Marvel shows more and give them more room to breathe and be more careful with what they choose to produce. And they're dumping Echo all in one shot in a binge. This is the first Marvel binge show we've had. I personally mm-hmm. can't stand binge shows because it's hard enough to dodge spoilers once a week for an episode before I can see it. And some jackass is going to sit down and watch this whole show and get on Twitter and live tweet everything that's happening. And then it's just out there. I hate that. All right. Drive I mean, me nuts. But we've been living in, we've been living in a world with binge TV ever since Netflix debuted Lily Hammer like a billion years ago. Not with my Marvel shows. Not with my Marvel shows, not with Succession, not with anything on Maximilian, you know, (laughs) they're not. Hey, maybe you're looking in the wrong places, but (laughs) binging episode five or episode two, like it makes no no difference. You can't stop somebody from going out and saying, can you believe that this happened in this episode? I don't disagree. I just I would rather they just spaced it out like this. I hope it's not the model going forward. It also and this is not me. There's speculation that like they don't believe in the Echo product and they're trying to get rid of it. Or like I said, the other speculation is they're trying to get away from this bad Kang news cycle, if you will. I, so I mean, they're I dropping this I'd, to like change your mind. I don't know right if away. I really buy that, but yeah, uh, it because, is weird that all this happens at once, though. It's strange. I mean, look, the, the, because nobody is going to forget Kang. No, because he sh- uh, he's going to be in Loki season two. Right. Nobody's going to be like, oh, wait. Let's not talk about Jonathan Majors because Echo is here. Like, no, no you're offense right. to Echo, but nobody's going <laughs> to. But you can change the news cycle by saying Daredevil is here in the Echo show. Mm, yeah, maybe. I'll bet you maybe. anything. I'll bet you anything. Nerbet right now, Daredevil shows up. Episode two, Daredevil. Um, Nerbet. You know what? I'm not going to take that bet because I won't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't doubt it enough to take that bet I because think he's got... already showed up. There's already precedent for him showing up. Yeah. In, uh, Disney Plus. And I think that's the um, only thing that they could do to change the news cycle from. Yeah. Kang is still working for Marvel. But I also don't know why, like we already had Daredevil's big MCU debut in costume. Like it's too little too late. I don't disagree, but that was quick, fun. We want full sure. Daredevil. I mean, I get it. They're anyway, going to go full I, Daredevil. I think that there could be a lot of different reasons. Uh, they they might be wanting to get it out by before the holidays, uh, so that they can do other content. It could be part of Feige's decision or or desire to kind of better space out. You know, because like if if Echo runs, I don't know how many episodes, but if Echo starts in late November and runs into the new year. And Marvel's got another thing down the pipeline that they want to focus their marketing attention on. Like I don't maybe think, they just want to get it done. Outside of Secret I, War, I don't think they really do because, like, the writer's strike is going. Everything's on hold. Secret Invasion. Oh, Pardon but, me, Secret Invasion. But so many of these things are done already. Like, the Marvels comes out at the end. Of, oh. But, yeah, those are movies. Oh, we're going to talk about that. 
but it's all part of the MCU, Matt. It, I, like, I get it. I get it. Like I like it could be that they want to get Echo done so that they can focus on Marvels, Marvels, Marvels. Maybe you know, and not have the and not have the Echo show overlapping with the Marvels release. I mean, maybe, but that who knows? They've never worried but, about shows like bumping into movie releases before, so it's. I mean, but again, we just shook everything I, up, so it's can new you, rules. Can you new rules? Can you point? Can you point to a specific example where there has been a Disney Plus show currently airing when a Marvel movie hit the theater? Not off the top of my head. It may, it may or may not happened. have happened. I don't know. I don't think it's happened. Um, but Feige has talked about wanting to space out this Disney Plus stuff for a long time. And I just think it's personally, I think, you know, we're reacting to n- news headlines, which are intended to get people worked up and react. That's why we started but this show, I, Joe. <laughs> yeah. But I think, but I think that, I think that it's, it could just be a simple case of Marvel studios, Kevin Feige realizing now that we're a few years into the uh, Disney plus Marvel experiment that we, maybe we overdid it. Maybe we put out too much too fast. And I think we need to, I think there's a strong argument there. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, that is totally fine. Yeah. Like, as all, much as I love having a superhero show on the air every week, I'm fine with them taking the time and doing it right and releasing it at absolutely. an appropriate time. Absolutely. And like we've all said, phase five, up and down. It was a little uneven, you know. Well, right. It was, not it bad, was helter skelter because but it not was not as good as phase from, four, certainly, you know. Right. Because it, it would be like, you know, uh, and I, I know that these aren't all part of the same phase, but I'm just using this as a for instance, so everybody shut up. But it would be like, you know, Eternals, then Moon Knight, then Black Panther Wakanda Forever, then Ms. Marvel, yeah. then Hawkeye. It, it was like, shotgunning. It was stuff all over it. the freaking place. Yeah. And uh, I think a more streamlined plan with like a purposeful eye yes. towards how these things flow together is not a bad thing. No, go back is to the let's go back than, to the well and let's and let's yeah. do what worked. That's fine. Is is binging better than a weekly release? I think that's personal preference, but I understand why you don't particularly like when all things uh, when all episodes are released at once. I personally love binging the show. So yeah. Over at our comics desk, Marvel has announced new creative teams for both Daredevil and Thor. Al Ewing and artist Martin Cocolo will take over as the new Thor creative team when the immortal Thor hits stands on August 13th, if that title sounds familiar. You may recall Ewing had a 50-plus issue run on the Immortal Hulk. This will be the third immortal title at Marvel, by the way. To put it in biblical terms, Ewing said... Wait, what's the other one? Immortal X-Men? Oh, <laughs> it's running right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't really think of it like that in terms of the. Well, I mean, did you say it's got immortal in the title? So there, it's you in go. the title. Yeah. No, 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 I mean, immortal Iron Fist. You know, I yeah. mean, I, fourth, I, the fourth, the immortal Iron Fist. Yeah, but I mean, to me, like what he's talking about with this. And no, I get it. I get it. Hulk, I get it. They, no, no, and you're right, though. Yeah. If this title sounds familiar, you may recall Ewing had a 50-plus issue run on the Immortal Hulk. To put it in biblical terms, Ewing said, quote, If Immortal Hulk was the Old Testament, Immortal Thor is the New Testament. 
The story's going to pick from us. <laughs> the story's going to uh, pick except up. He would have said it in a British accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I believe he did say up your butt, Jesus afterwards. So I was like, whoa, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, he said, uh, he said up yours, Jesus. <laughs> he said up yours, Jesus. And then he uh, flew away on a winged surfboard yes. with Satan's face painted on it. <laughs> the story picks up where the previous volume of Thor left off with the God of Thunder on the throne as the King of Asgard with Mjolnir back in hand. According to Ewing, mortal Thor will pit the King of Asgard against Elder gods who will have Earth in their sights and only Thor to fend him off. As he did with the Immortal Hulk, Alex Ross returns to do covers. He also created a revised version of Thor's original Jack Kirby costume for the design. And I'm so excited cool. about that because so I have hated Thor's design. Yeah, it, it hasn't been great. Like it was neat. I at really first. hated that stupid rune costume. I, I know mind people it. liked it at first, but I hated it. I didn't it. mind it knowing that look, this is temporary for this type of story. This cosmic uh, Thor uh, story. I, I had no problems with like the Olivier Coipel, you know, like modernized tunic that they kind of adopted for oh, the love movies. That. Yeah. Like I love that look for Thor, but Give me that old Kirby thing with the huge ass dots. Well, and sure, the pirate, but and I mean, the, like, and the knee high boots. The, Give it to me. The Rune costume did a thing. He was a herald of Galactus. So yeah, I understand, Matt. I just don't think it was a good costume. You go to work for Galactus, thing. you get a new outfit. That's how it works. All right. And most heralds of Galactus are naked. That's true. Here's your immortal Thor solicit. In Norse myths, they called him Thunderer. Vur has been called an Horridi. 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 You know what? Maybe it's just Loridi. I bet that H is silent. No, yeah. I don't know. Let me try that again. Vur has he been called an Horridi, I think. The gods know him as Asgard's king, keeper of Mjolnir, hero of the tales. When injustice grips earth and ancient powers bring down the sky, he fights for those who cannot. And when the tale is done, we will know what that cost him. This is the story of the immortal Thor. Joey, I can't think of anybody better to take over Thor, but are you ready for his guardian body horror? <laughs> you know what? I am, dude. Immortal Hulk, uh, you know, drama with its artist aside, Immortal Hulk was a magical 50 issues. I have said it. It is the best Hulk run. And, and I stand uh, if, by that. If you, if you can do like, I doubt they're going to do the body horror thing because there's not a whole lot of like, I don't know, dude, elder gods are going to show up. That's kind of like Cthulian mythos and stuff that gets, but, I mean, Marvel already has elder gods in their continuity, but yeah, I understand I what you're saying. It gets pretty but gross, the, pretty the, fast. The, but physical transformations are already part of the Hulk's DNA. That's sure, not sure, really sure. something Thor is known for. No. If Ewing can bring that kind of new perspective to yeah. Thor, then I am all for it. Settle in totally. for a long run. I'm on board. He said that he wants to not only match, but surpass what he did on Immortal Hulk. I yeah. can't imagine what that means. Even grosser, yes, I guess. Sir. That's yes, my, sir. That's Give my it to guess. Me. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> he is though, uh, He is the guy, though, that you bring on to do this. Al Ewing, he's writing a lot right now. He's writing X-Men Red. He's got that Wasp mini that's running. He's going to be writing Fury, which was your pick for next week. Like, he's writing a lot, and he's an exciting writer. I have a feeling he's going to step back and focus a little more on Thor, and I am ready for a long, another big Al Ewing epic. I'm ready. Let's do it. I agree. Meanwhile, writer Saladin Ahmed and artist Aaron Cooter will take over a, on a new volume of Daredevil starting on September 13th. 
replacing the departing team of Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. The new creators will bring Matt Murdock back to Hell's Kitchen for a somewhat back-to-basics approach, but questions linger about what comes next for Elektra, The Fist, and other elements currently ongoing in Zdarsky and Cicchetto's run. We don't know how it's going to end. We don't know what shape these characters are going to be in, but we do know Daredevil is back in Hell's Kitchen looking like he's going to be in his old costume standing in the rain and moping like he always does, according to the cover. Matt, are you excited for a Hell's Kitchen homecoming for old Horned Yeah, I am. Um, Me too. I loved Zdarsky and Chichetto's run. It was really good. I think it went on just a little too long, and it's gotten away from what I loved about their run. Like, Daredevil was must-read. I loved it. It was fantastic. And the past... I'm going to say six months, maybe eight months. It's, it's gone a little off the deep end and kind of lost me. And I just kind of wish they maybe would have stopped before they went into all this stuff. I don't know. Regardless, I love Ahmed. He's fantastic. Aaron Cooter is great. And I love to see him over at Marvel. I do like Aaron Cooter. He, he was over at DC for a long time doing a lot of great looking stuff. It's fun that he's at Marvel. And this is what happens to Daredevil. He's now. been at he's been at Marvel for a while. He's done. Oh, that's right. He did that Avengers. That Avenger. Oh, he's that's right. He did a Ghost Rider series. Yeah. Um. He did Avengers Forever with Jason Aaron. He's great though. He's fantastic. I and, I like him a lot. Yeah. And this is kind not of, everybody likes him, but I do. That's ridiculous. Uh, uh, you know. Eh, you know. No judgment. Art is subjective. I'll but. judge you. He's great. Um. This is sort of the arc for Daredevil, though, right? We break Daredevil down. He builds himself yeah. back up into something he's not supposed to be, and then he settles right. down and he's just Daredevil again. <laughs> so. Yeah, and well, and you know, like I'll I'll be completely honest here. I fell off of Zdarsky's Daredevil during Devil's Reign. Yeah, you got all mad because it was a time. Is that the arc where Kingpin became mayor and and sick the Thunderbolts on heroes? Yeah. Devil's Reign, right? So I fell off during Devil's Reign when Matt was in prison. Oh, oh no, sorry. This is King in Black. Yeah, you fell off. I fell off during King in Black when Matt was in prison in a symbiote. One and a half issues, dude. I understand, man, (laughs) but that's where I got behind and I just never caught up. And I I have nothing against the book. I loved the book up until that point. I just got behind is, is all. Sure. But this is exactly what each new, you know, each new marquee writer, right? Like it or not, for the most part, with these major characters, we're long past the the age of just normal writer X, right? Taking care, uh, uh, taking charge of a title. It's like, okay, you know, so and so's done writing Spider Man. Now it's this guy's turn, right? Or you know, G Willow Wilson's done with writing Ms. Marvel. Now it's this person's turn. Now it's, well, we just followed, we just ended a big run and we have to follow it up with an equally big run with an equally big name. And they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And you'll kind of lose sight over time because if you think about it, since Bendis, which was years ago, 20 years ago, yeah, almost 20 probably, years ago, probably since Bendis, it has been a nonstop series of Bendis, Brubaker, Diggle, Wade you know, over and over and over again. And each writer has come on and completely changed the game. 
Yeah. And we've kind of lost sight of Matt Murdock in Hell's Kitchen doing what Matt Murdock is known for. Yeah. No, I agree. I I agree. I am excited for that because it's been a really long time. Even Zdarsky's run, he was in Hell's Kitchen for a while, but it was this long ongoing plot about the uh, Stromwins or whatever, the the Rothschilds, the the super rich Illuminati people. Right, right, right. And don't forget his twin brother. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think Zdarsky inherited the twin brother, but yeah. It will be nice to kind of get Matt back to a ground zero and tell good stories in that in, in that environment, in that status quo. Sure. You know, no. because I, I miss I miss Daredevil just rolling around the neighborhood. Well, and it's inevitable. He's always going to come back to Hell's Kitchen and be Daredevil again. I I disagree with you a little bit in the sense that, like, it's been big name, big name, big name. I do think Zdarsky was kind of a reach. And at the time we were even like, he's going to take over daredevil. And they were like, it's great. And now, and Ahmed who is hot, he's still pretty new. He's not, he hasn't had any gigantic books. Miles Morales is big, but it doesn't sell like Spider-Man, you know? So I think they're, no, uh, they're sort I mean, of using daredevil as up a place. And coming though. Yeah. Right. It's fair definitely. to say that Zdarsky was definitely up and coming at, yes. like he had been writing a Spider-Man title for. That's a what while. I'm saying. I think daredevil's become like, a place for the hot new up and coming writer to right, come in and that's show off what, what I meant. Do. Not, not yeah. necessarily like, and also like Andy Diggle, like you sandwich Andy, D- no offense to Andy Diggle, but you sandwich Andy Diggle in between Ed Brubaker and Mark Wade, like one of these things is not like the other. He was, he was hot and up coming up at the time. He just, we went, I think, hey. I think, I think Andy Diggle was maybe a little bit past his peak at the time he took over Daredevil, but so I'm going to make, again, you, I'm going to make you feel real old. Wake up part one by Brian Michael Bendis, May, 2001. Yeah, and th- so that was before his um that was before his ongoing arc. Yeah. That was the four issue arc he did with David Mack. Yeah. And then Bob Gale did that terrible gesture Oof, story arc. Barf. Jesus. Um but yeah, uh, Daredevil 26 was Bendis and Millie's first issue that came out the same, you know, month of as the Daredevil movie. So. Yeah. But yeah, so it's 20 plus years. Good lord. And and I I think, you know, sometimes you just have to refresh a character. Sure. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm excited for these creators. Uh, and I'll tell you what. John Romita Jr. did the cover for Daredevil number one. And it is gorgeous. Yeah. Which just makes me. He's my favorite my Daredevil hurt. artist, Joe. <laughs> and it's like, what have we, what have you people been doing to him? Yeah. When this is the sort of stuff he can do. Like what? <laughs> uh, anyway. That's a different that's a whole different. But 100%, thumbs up, all systems go for both of these books. Very, very excited. So, are you like a superhero? Like the gold devil? I'm Daredevil. In other Marvel news, the internet very calmly dealt with a leaked (laughs) pick and then formal announcement by Marvel that Kamala Khan will die in Amazing Spider-Man number 26, a.k.a. The most controversial comic book in history. The blowback included fans accusing ASM writer Zeb Wells, a white male, of fridging Kamala for nothing more than story point and sales. Now, Uncle Joe, before we move on, can you please explain for the kids what fridging means? Okay, Uncle Joe's story time. 
1999, Gail Simone, you may have heard of her, coined the term women in refrigerators. And she did so in response to what was a trope at the time, not just in comics, but in all literature and, and media, uh, where female characters, dis- disproportionately, female characters are, you know, hurt, raped, murdered, sure. powered, somehow, you know, made lesser than or shuffled off the board in an attempt to propel the male character's story arc forward. Right. The term fridging comes from Green Lantern number 54. Green Lantern volume two? Would have been three. Vol- volume three, I volume guess, three. because Golden Age Green Lantern, then then the Silver Age Hal Jordan. Yeah, Green Lantern volume three. Ron Mars. Number Green 50, Lantern, right? Number 54, yeah, it came out in 1994. Okay. Kyle, uh, a newly minted Green Lantern, uh, Kyle Rayner comes home. And finds his girlfriend, Alex, uh, murdered by Major Force, a DC villain, and stuffed into a refrigerator. It's a pretty horrific scene. Yeah. Uh, as as horrific as they could do, uh, you know, and be approved by the Comics Code. It's a very, like, shocking, brutal moment that is used to then inspire Kyle to take the hero thing seriously. Okay, for the kids, who killed her and why? Major Force. Okay. Uh, Major Force is a DC villain. He's kind of like the evil Captain Adam. Yeah. Is the, the best shorthand for that. Uh, he was sent by a shady government agency. You know, not, you know, not the fine upstanding U.S. government. They don't attack superheroes. <laughs> it was a shady agency that wanted to get their hands on Kyle's ring. They were like, go kill that kid and take right. that ring. This is before Amanda Waller was DC's government skeletor. Like there was. Yeah, there was this was like this people. was even pre Mr. Bones yeah. being like the EEO guy. This was like some nobody. And so Major Force shows up when you have to laugh to keep from crying in, in the issue <laughs> where she dies. Major Force shows up at Kyle's apartment dressed as a flower delivery man. Yep. <laughs> so this gigantic magenta man, like he's huge. He's, he's right? bright he red. Like, yeah. He, he's big like Hulk Hogan or, or you know, whatever. He's a, a giant man is dressed in a tight, like jumpsuit, like a delivery man with a little cap. And he's like flowers for whatever flowers for Alex. And she opens the door and she's like, hmm, wait a minute. And then he kills her. <laughs> and does, yeah, it's bad. And so, yeah, the, the term caught on and colloquially it became known as fridging. Um, but yeah, it started as being called women in refrigerators. There sure. was a website. Yeah. The website might still be around. Might be. And um, it, it caught on. And a lot of writers, including Gail, used that website to point out Look at what you did. Look at what you guys did. You took this female character and you threw her in the garbage just to give a reason for this male character to exist or keep going. And a lot of creators ended up saying, you know what? Because of the response to this term and this website, they stopped and rethought some plot points that they were thinking of introducing because it was the sort of thing that like, I mean, yeah, when something's overtly sexist, you know it, but 
It was also easy. It was just an old it's, Hollywood it's, trope. It's easy. It's easy. Damsel exactly. in distress. It's, it's, it's Dudley Do Right. Uh, another word. And, another word to say that is lazy. Right. You know? It's Dudley Do Right with you know a yeah, pretty penny Pen- tied. Penelope Pure Heart. Pe- yeah. Pardon me. Penelope Pure Heart tied to the railroad tracks as Dirk Dastardly yeah. is giggling. You know, like okay. Yep. One hundred percent. And and so when things are overtly sexist or misogynistic, yeah, you you people know it and and they say so typically, but. When something is just kind of like subtly wrong, like fridging, it took this for people to go, oh man, yeah, we've done this a lot and there are a lot of examples of it. Yeah. So that's where fridging came from. It's older than Kamala Khan, the term. Absolutely. So. Okay. Honorable Judge Joe, do we have a case of fridging here with Kamala Khan? I think that there are two ways to look at it. I think that they're both valid or at least understandable. Uh, Marvel tried to get in front of this leak. I keep wanting to put leak in quotes because this comic book doesn't come out for a week. Yeah. The whole way, the whole way it came out and like the picture was like really fuzzy. Look, we've all got Google pixel and iPhones, right? You know, but like everybody has great phones these days. Why is a picture fuzzy? (laughs) Like what's Uh, going on? (laughs) These things happen. If you're in a, if you're in a poorly lit room and your camera's too close, false flag, like I'm calling it false flag. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the, the leak itself is suspect because mm, was it a leak or did Marvel leak it just to like get things going or to see how fans would react. (laughs) Right. Right. So they tried to get in front of it by the same day of the leak revealing the actual cover for Fallen Friend one-shot by Kari Andrews and a page from Amazing Spider-Man 26, which both of which spoiled Kamala's death prior to their release. Along with confirmation of the leak, Marvel announced that Kamala's co-creator, G. Willow Wilson, will return as one of the writers for the Fallen Friend one-shot, and it will also be co-written by Salad and Ahmed, who wrote one of her later volumes and Mark Wade, who wrote her in many other places like um, all new, all different Avengers or whatever the hell that book was called. Um, did he also write champions? Perhaps. And uh, Umberto Ramos, who drew the champions Takeshi Miyazawa, who's drawn many issues of Ms. Marvel and Andrea DeVito, who I'm sure has been involved in some way, but I'm sorry. I can't remember many of the people who created and worked on Kamala's book, are taking part in this eulogy issue. Yeah, all of them, basically. Not all of them. Well, I mean, the there original... have been many cr- people work that worked on Ms. Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the whole thing is, is suspect. So why do we kill her in a book that she doesn't even star in? So if we're going to take it apart, is it's fridging? Okay, killing her in a book she doesn't even star in. There you go. That's fridging, right? She's the star of the next Cap- Captain Marvel movie. Why are you doing any of this? Now, let's back up. And let's just think for a minute. Kamala doesn't have her own book right now. Kamala has not been able to sustain her own book through the high teens before it gets canceled. She has been around in Amazing Spider-Man for a little bit here. She was just in issue 24. She's made like three appearances. Yeah, she was, in, she was in the dark. She's an intern at Oscorp. Sure. She was in the dark web finale and stuff. I'm not saying that like this is defending it or anything, but Marvel does this stuff. All right. Marvel has a a habit, and you can actually go back and see, but Marvel has a habit of doing something to a character right before they have a major media project. Right. Like, they did it with Doctor Strange. You mentioned uh, Scarlet Witch. For both Doctor Strange movies, yeah. Somebody got killed and then... (laughs) 
<laughs> had a triumphant return. And so, yeah, if you look back, you can see the evidence of Marvel just saying, oh, let's get some buzz behind this character before the movie comes out. We'll kill them and then have them make a big return. It's like, OK, well, we're on to you, everybody. We're like, sure. we're on to you guys. We can see it. Now, I would argue this is not fridging because, first off, it sounds like she's going to sacrifice herself. So it's not like she's losing her agency. She makes this choice to save the universe. Second, they have a reason to kill her. I think there is a much more likely explanation. If you remember in the finale of Ms. Marvel season one, it was more or less outright stated that Kamala Khan is not an inhuman as she is in the comics, but a mutant. Dun, dun, dun. And what better way is there to get the comic and film versions in line before the Marvels comes out than to have Kamala quote unquote die only to wake up from a golden egg on the mutant nation of Krakoa. I mean, come on. And then we'd be like, oh, shit, she's a mutant. Right. So, like, look, we do stuff like this in comics all the time. To male, to female, to black, white, brown characters. They do it all the time. Sometimes it's done very poorly. I agree. Sometimes it is done for an actual story point. And I think this is an actual huge story point and changing of her character. They're going to make her a mutant. So it is more in line with the show. Watch her get more in line with the X-Men titles after that as well, I bet. You're not just reborn in Krakoa because we've, for shits and giggles, unless it's Captain America and there's something really, really bad going on with the Celestials attacking. But that was a whole thing, all right? <laughs> so I think this is all part of rebranding her as a mutant getting rid of the dumb and human shit that doesn't make any sense and nobody really cared about. And there's some speculation that maybe this is a shot against Ike Perlmutter's bow again, because he was the one that decided screw the X-Men Fox wants the X-Men screw them. We're going full in humans. Kamala Kim gives a shit about Ike. He's already gone. And nobody's like her. Nobody's like, this will show him. We'll make her a mutant. I'm just saying her first appearance was all new Marvel. Now point one, volume one, one point now. And that was under- part of that whole Inhumans push that we all did no, not I give under- a shit about. Like, I understand, man, but I, like nobody is out there like making major comic changes just to. S- no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Just to give, flip the bird to Ike Perlman. I hope it pisses but him I, off. Is I, what I, I'm I think saying. it is. She's a mutant in the movies. They're going to make her a mutant in the comics. Yes. I think that that's I think that that's a no brainer. Now, you know, I think fridging is a term that gets tossed around pretty fast and loose these days. Yeah. They are kind of promoting it with the uh, with the ads and the covers that they've released as like this important emotional event that changes Peter Parker's perspective forever. Oh. And that is the definition of fridging. Or well, whenever you call something a funeral for a friend, you know, like All okay. Right. And, <laughs> All right. So I think that there's something a little icky about it. Is it fridging? I don't think so because I think that it's just a, I think it's just a plan to get Kamala in line with her MCU counterpart. Yes. We are not getting rid of there. There are probably better, but there are probably better ways that you could have done it other than this. I don't disagree. And I think we're both on the same page here. Look, doesn't look great, but there is a bigger story here. And when the leak comes out, it just looks like shit because that's all you've got for your frame of it reference. It looks like shit, right? It looks it, terrible. It, the leak looks like shit and I under, it made Marvel look like shit and I understand why people freaked out. But if you stop and, and you kind of look at all the separate puzzle pieces, yes. for example, Fallen Friend, number one, with the classified cover, uh, which has now been revealed, 
comes out on literally the same day as Amazing Spider-Man 26. Right. And soon to follow is another classified miniseries that has yet to be revealed. You don't think that that's a Ms. Marvel miniseries? I mean, come on. You know, right. And just before the movie, like, look. And by the time that series is over, surprise, surprise, guess what's in theaters or almost in theaters? Exactly. And don't make me ask, do you even comic book, bro? All right? Let's just settle down. But Let's I mean, see what I happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, understand, I understand why people think it's gross. Sure. But fridging to me means it's more about the character who reacts than the character who dies. And sure. in this case, this is a change that's more about Kamala than it is about Spider-Man. 100%. It's happening in a Spider-Man book, but this is about a bigger, better Kamala, more in line with the one from the TV show in the movie. And I mean, whether or not it's better is a matter of opinion, we, we shall see. But if it launches her a series that can make it past issue 15, then it succeeded. We'll see. Before we close out the news, let's do some quick takes on some smaller stories. Yeah, you guessed it. It's time for Ludicrous Speed News. Ludicrous Speed, go! Set photos from Captain America 4 hit the net this week, and none other than Seth freaking Rollins looks to be dressed to battle Sam. Joe, Joe is the WWE's Monday Night Messiah playing Cobra, the odds-on favorite, or... Do you want to put some real money down and bet on him playing the hate monger? No, <laughs> I'm not taking that kind of weird bet. I, hey. I, I think popular opinion is that he is, if not King Cobra, a member of the Serpent Society. Right. I think I don't know if they have actually announced that the Serpent Society are villains, but everybody is assuming that they are. I love Serpent and Society, and it's a perfect I, I way. They're to, so stupid. I know, In I know. The comics, so they dumb. are so dumb. But it is such a perfect way to set up this super right-wing, white supremacist, like, polite group in public with, you know, money and influence, but turns out they worship a serpent god. <laughs> like, you know? Oh, it's well, so great. Well, I, I think that... Um, I, you know, we talked about this. Uh, we talked about this briefly uh, on the show the last time the Serpent Society came up. Marvel has two serpent-themed groups. They have yeah. the Serpent Society, which is basically a team of snake-themed villains, and then they have the Sons of the Serpent, which are a group of racist militia people. Yeah, but you just and they dress in like you, you just know, bring them they, together. Just that's what I'm saying. I'm on. saying that the Serpent Society is going to be guys like Rollins right. and other other named characters, and then the Sons of the Serpent would be like the rank and file stormtroopers, right? Yeah. And I think that that would be a great way to kind of dovetail the two together because we're not. I stopped myself before I said it. I would be surprised if we got some of the Serpent Society characters as we know them in, in the movie. For sure. Now, the reason I bring the hate monger up... I can't wait for Boom Slang to show up. The reason I bring the hate monger up is because you could really do something there with race relations, with right-wing, white terrorism. Yeah, but it's not going to be Sam, you know, like... Somebody big will be the hate monger. Seth Rollins is pretty damn big. I don't know, man. We'll Come see. on now. No. That's like saying uh, if in the X-Men movie they cast... Tyler Maine to be Magneto instead of uh, Ian McKellen. Okay. Now, oh. see, now you just don't know anything about wrestling at that point because Tyler Maine. I know never enough as, about wrestling to know that Seth Rollins never is not going to be as Seth Rollins. Okay, Seth Rollins is huge. He's not going to be the ringleader of the no, no. DC is reviving the swimsuit special, sort of. <laughs> Matt, 
You love the recent DC swimsuit variants, especially the one with Bruce with a manscaped bat symbol on his chest. Are you picking this one up? No, but it's not because they're actually reviving the swimsuit special. It's not what this is. It's like Nort. They're not one special. Yeah, it's a funny special, and it's like Nort is your star, you know, the Green Lantern dog, and it's haha. They will have those variant covers in the back of it. But they're going to tell, like, three funny stories. There's a new, you know, like, uh, there's a new penguin story that's in here and stuff. It's just like a vignette thing. They're calling it a swimsuit special. Settle down. This is not a return to the 90s cheesecake, everybody. Okay? That said, we'll review it on the show, and it's probably going to suck. Spoilers for (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Joe Patrick, Rocket, doesn't, in fact, kill the high evolutionary. James Gunn confirmed on Twitter, the big bad of the new movie lives after being rescued by Rocket and Drax. Are you happy to know that Rocket can, in fact, grow as a raccoon? Are you telling me that Rocket and Drax rescued the High Evolutionary? He is seen, Drax is seen in the movie, carrying the High Evolutionary out of the ship before it explodes. James Gunn confirmed this on Twitter. Oh, I don't remember seeing that, but I mean, if it's in the movie, then that's what happened. It's in the Uh, friggin' movie. I didn't even notice it, honestly. I didn't notice it either, so that means I don't really think it's that much of a question if he didn't or they're carrying that we are maybe people saw it and assumed they're carrying out his corpse maybe but yeah if he's alive well you know i guess that's good because the high evolutionary was a great movie villain he was i'd like to see more of him and gun said that like look this is rocket coming full circle with his rage and dealing with it and basically saying like if i kill him It's just me being mad and not dealing with everything that I went through, and I'm letting that go. I'm going to be me, my new life. Did he figure that out before or after he helped slaughter an entire ship full of um, animal mutants? Well, I mean, the animal mutants were really bad in trying to kill them, Joe. So this this would have been before that. The evolutionary gets a pass. I got it. This would be after he fought the mutants. That's because... Yeah. Oh, and then he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I don't buy buy any uh, any sort of emotional He came face to face with his abuser and conquered, you know? I think that's that's sweet. That's what it was all about. You know a great way to conquer your abuser is to blow his face off with a laser laser gun. You're still a murderer, Joe. You're still a murderer. Rocket Raccoon is a murderer. He's an unrepentant murderer. He's killed many people. (laughs) Willow isn't the only thing getting canned by Disney. After just 18 months, Disney is closing the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Matt, rumor is that Disney made this decision to ruin your birthday and your birthday alone. They did! Myself and a buddy of mine were going to go next year and do the full Disney experience and stay in the hotel and everything. Like it was Really? Gonna, we were seriously going to do it. It was going to be so you much fun. You have to fun. sell an organ to pay for it. So, Joe, we started looking into how much it costs to stay at said hotel. $1,209 per guest per night. That is insane absolutely insane and yeah no one was doing it because it's so goddamn i mean expensive. it's an attraction that they priced way out of the range of it yes animal. they priced themselves out of success like good lord joe mortal kombat one the relaunch of the beloved fighting game franchise was just announced this week and it features special guest star homelander from garth ennis the boys are you excited to get a chance to tear this fascist d-bag spine out of his back 
You know, I, I I like it when Mortal Kombat has like weird guest stars. When Spawn it's shows fun, up, yeah, it's just a fun thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what? I was a Street Fighter Two Tournament Edition kid. Yeah. I never got into Mortal Kombat, and I'm bad at it. Give me I Tekken. I don't know how to work it. Give me Tekken any day, baby. I will say yeah. they reworked Mortal Kombat with like that. It was like 11 or 12. I don't even remember. And the fighting Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat X, I think. Yeah. Mortal 10. The fighting got a lot better. Like, if you like I think Street they, Fighter, yeah. you like Tekken, it got a lot more, less button mashy, if you will. Well, the, the, the difference, like, I always I always thought that, uh, in personally, the difference between Mortal Kombat and something like Street Fighter is that the way you trigger a special move in Street Fighter kind of makes more sense, you know? Yeah. Move the controller in a, in a particular motion, hit a button. With Mortal Kombat, it was like random series of button presses. Yeah. Like, I think it's fun, and I think that they've been kind of updating, you know, ever since they did Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe. You know, they've been making things a little bit more accessible to guys like you and me that didn't grow up playing Mortal Kombat, and I think it's a fun thing. I Like, I don't know if I'll run out and get it. I doubt I'll get it, but if it shows up on Microsoft Game Pass or on Xbox Game Pass someday, hell yeah, I'll play it. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I think it's fun. I got no problem X with it. was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> This has been your Nerd News Update for the week, but there's always more to discuss, kids. You can join us on our gang hang on Saturdays from 11 to noon. We literally just got done with it, and my stomach hurts from what happened. More on that in a second. We're always talking about the Nerd News and our Nerd News channel on Discord. And you know what else we talk about on our Discord? The question of the week. Joe Patrick, reset our question, but here's the deal. You've got to come to the gang hang to hear our answers from now on. We ain't giving that shit away. All right? Join our Discord. Come hang out. It's, it's, it's not so much that we ain't giving that shit away. It's that we don't always do the Nerd News Update. Right. And, and so, we, want you, we want to talk to you guys gonna, about it, though. Let's do it. Yeah. We, we're going to do. We're gonna have a slightly more structured part of the gang hang every week where we talk about the question of the week briefly where you will hear Matt and, I, and my answers. But this week's question was inspired by our discussion this week in the gang hang about Daredevil's imaginary twin brother, Mike Murdoch, and the terrible truth about Lockjaw. Uh, Guys, look it up or listen to the gang hang because uh, I don't want to set Matt off again. I don't feel good after learning this. <laughs> so here's your question. Which comic book character, superhero or otherwise, has the dumbest origin story? Whether it's the silliest or it makes you mad, which comic book character has the dumbest origin story in your opinion? Yeah, and I don't want to hear like, oh, you mean like when Darkwing Duck? But no, not humorous stuff. I mean like stuff they tried to sell us. Yeah, like, like Count Duck, you know, Count Duckula. He accidentally yeah. got injected with beets instead of blood. You know, whatever. No, I want to hear about and he like became a vegetarian. Serious characters they tried to pull off with just origins that are dumb as hell. Yeah, <laughs> dumbest, dumbest comic book character origin story. This week, the Cosmic Longbox returns to the Ziggurat, but it is all excited about the dawn of DC for some reason. Joe, it's got us reading new comic books for a change. We're going to review, discuss, give some primers on what's going on with the dawn of DC, and uh, see if you guys want to get on board. You know, it should be a pretty good time. Yeah, we'll be reviewing all of the dawn of DC releases up to date. Fun. Until next time, true believers! My name is Matt Baum. 
And I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd News Recap Update, whatever we call it, signing off. You call it something different literally every time. It's the recap. It's the recap.